All right, guys, welcome back to the final portion of today's podcast. We're going to be talking about some NBA action. Um, it's kind of that portion of the year now where NFL starting to die down a little bit. Once you get post-Super Bowl, there's not going to be a whole lot other than some draft conversations. But NBA now getting into the meat of their schedule. Trade deadline coming up. Uh, we got some other topics for the NBA. Where do you want to start first, Sonny? What's the game plan? We can start off with probably the number one thing, Embiid's injury. Yeah, that's uh, a big one. Affects a lot of the NBA. Yep. A lot of different things that affect the East, uh, Eastern standings. Yep. They don't have many people that are going to be back there uh, trying to win games other than Maxi and a few <laughs> other guys. And then the MVP fucking race has obviously been altered. That, it's going to be a huge <laughs> impact to that because he was one of the front runners for yeah. it. I think him, Shai, Shai, sorry, Luca, Giannis, and Jokic, I think, are my top five. Yeah, I mean, five. those, and they were all kind of like, oh, that's so obvious, Grinder. But, I mean, sometimes it is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, those guys are the five. I think those are the five best guys that deserve an MVP. Yeah, look at the guys that are scoring and fucking doing the most overall week to week. Yep. Those are the guys. Those are the guys, man. Those are the guys you also, like, you don't want to, no offense to LeBron or AD and all these other guys that are killing it too. But, you know, those these five are on a different level. And now with Embiid's injury, right? Like he and as they said, it's a lateral, a meniscus injury, and they are determining what the uh, best course of action is. It sounds so vague and like general as fuck when I was reading it, man. Like, but looking to like keep him in, within that sixty-five games, or are they going to be like, hey, oh, sorry, it's going to be a long-term? Injury. I think he only had a few games left at this point that he could miss, and obviously with this situation. He's expected to miss multiple games. He might even miss the All-Star game too, right? So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, the All-Star break is a huge rest for him. If he can get that rest, he won't have to miss as many regular season games. But if he's going to be out, I mean, if he's going to potentially miss that, that's at least a couple weeks worth of injury. 40, I mean, uh, we're not 49ers, but 76ers, they get lost like four games in a row too prior to this. The kind of the tougher portion of their schedule is coming up and beads out. You know what, like, it's kind of, a t- and the way that the East is right now, Celtics are number one. Yeah. If you're out, if you're other than, you want to get in the second, third range right now, which is probably going to go to the Bucks, yeah. right? But Knicks are in there too. Cleveland's fighting for a spot right now as well. Being the number two, three seed and avoiding the Celtics potentially until at least the semifinals. Yeah. Huge incentive, and that's where Embiid and those guys are going to have. They could end up playing the, what do you call it, the Celtics even in the first round if they end up, you know, Embiid misses a lot of games, right? But I think even against Boston, we saw it today. Yeah. That, you know, a LeBron-less, AD-less Lakers can beat the Celtics on fucking but full, uh, they're at full. Uh, Oklahoma City lost to the Pistons on, like, Saturday, right? So, you're right. I think anything yeah. can happen. The fact that Lakers won the game, which we'll get to them shortly as well, huge confidence booster for these guys, right? Without AD, without LeBron. But you kind of, overall, if you look at the overall body of work and who's been playing well recently, right? Some teams start off really hot like Orlando Magic did earlier in the season. They've been shit since. You know what? There's going to be some games where, like, Lakers are coming off back-to-back 20-point losses, right? And then to the Hawks, they yeah. lose, they get shit-kicked by the Hawks, but beat the Celtics. Yeah. Go figure that out. Yeah. Right? Get stomped in back-to-back games, and then they beat the Celtics. Best yeah. team in the league. Yeah. 
right? That without LeBron and AD, right? Like it's so fucked up how these things happen. So it's, I don't look at it as like, oh, they lost to a LeBron and AD team. They're not going to win the title. Yeah. These games are going to happen at this time of the year. But as long as it doesn't become a pattern of behavior, then you can be like the Lakers are 500 right now, right? They play, they play like the best team in the league. They play like the worst team in the league. So we'll see if these guys can be more consistent on that side. But just going back to, uh, you know, them bead there quickly, the 65 game cutoff that the NBA introduced this year is already kind of starting to play havoc. Cause they're like him. might've been uh, playing those games to try to get a chance at the MVP. He got scratched 15 minutes before a game. He's probably going to get fined for that. Same with his fixed 76ers, right? 15 minutes before a game starts and beats out. Yeah. That's, I don't even know. That's obviously illegal. Yeah. Well, the, that fucks with the... Uh, the betting side is huge now. Put the bets in already. Yep. He's expected to play, and there wasn't uh, anything to go against those bets. That's going to be huge. That was like when uh, Atlanta did that with uh, Bijan. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He started him. Yep. But then he was injured, so they didn't play him. And I had a even I had a bet on him for like uh, two catches or something. That's it. And uh, that didn't get voided. He had a, he had like nobody voided. He had a sickness, ill illness or some bullshit. They didn't report anything. Right. So all the people that bet. That's huge now, especially with NBA, NFL. All these guys are having a huge explosion of revenue, partly because of gambling too. How easy it is that you can go on your app. You can go even like when you're watching like ESPN Sports Center. They have dedicated shows now to gambling. They throw odds on in live games, man. So you're right. They should absolutely get punished for that. And it's so weird how they're doing that kind of shit. And they're not going to get away with it. So, I mean, I, the East is very interesting just with the, all these teams up top and bunched together. And missing it, you know, Embiid, one of the best players in the league, if not the best. It's going to have a huge impact and negative one for them. They were already playing poor without him anyway. So, um, what else? Do, I mean, that's going to be huge. We talked about the 75 games. I mean, we'll talk about this next. Embiid had 70 points last week. Cat has uh, 62 63, I think. Then Booker gets 62. Luca, 73. Almost hit his jersey number, man. He's four points away. (laughs) No, that's just crazy. It's crazy to see the, you know, they say that, you know, the defenses are not what they used to be. Mm -hmm. I still think the defenses are very strong just because you have now players are just bred to play. So they're faster. They're fucking stronger. They're way fucking smarter than the 70s, 80s, 90s. I think in the once the 2000s hit, that's when like dedication to the sports as a kid became a priority. Like people like, yo, we can get our kids there. We can yep. get our kids there. And I think these guys scoring with the type of players they're playing against too is fucking nuts. And uh, people are forgetting these guys aren't just scoring on like a low amount of shots. Yeah. They're fucking taking like 30 40 50 yeah, shots a game dude of amount of shot to first of all get there and three pointers are a way bigger thing today than they used dude. to be getting that part also well if you just break it down a three point shot is 50% more valuable than yeah. a two 50% more every this i think the pace like the when the warriors won with their super team with Durant and all that they were number 1 in the league in offense that same offense this year what i think would have been like 12th in the league and that's the super team with Durant, Curry, and all these guys. Now there's average teams that are just having a better offense than these guys. So the scoring exposure, right? The lack of hand, you know, there's no defense really. You're allowed playing defense. I get it. But teams are so, like, 
you know what? We don't need to play defense. We're going to get it back on offense. We're going to hit the three. Right? This, but when it has, like, when the good teams play the good teams and there's shit on the line, yeah. the teams play good defense, right? But the regular season now, I think in this point going forward, is going to be coming one of those games where there's a portion of the NBA season where, like, Fucking Lakers are beating Celtics without, you know, 80 and LeBron. Yeah. Dudes are dropping six. There's weird shit that's going to happen more and more in the season because of the three-pointer, yeah. the lack of defense. Yeah. So, and there's some really bad fucking teams in the NBA right now, too. Like, I think that terrible. season in the tournament, that's when the defenses show up. Because the game's count for something. Right when that ends, it's kind of like, okay, let's go back. Like, we don't need to go crazy on D. Let's make sure we're scoring and then playoffs come or just before playoffs, in fact. Everybody get your defense. Yeah, up it's true. Ball. Like you just need an average defense at that point, right? And you have a good, you have a great offense and average defense, you'll be fine. But when you have a good offense and a bad defense in today's NBA game, like dude, you got 150 points, 140 points given up on like an average day. Yeah. Dude's dropping 70. Indiana That's all. Just dropping bombs They're dropping bombs and everything, but they also lose to some really bad teams because they can't stop anybody, yeah. right? So offense is only going to get you so far if you don't have any defense to back it up. And that's what we were talking about earlier, why Kobe's 81 points is so impressive. He did it in an era where scoring wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah. And then on the other side of the world, Chamberlain, yeah, he put up 100. But the, some of the shit that happened at the end of the game to get him extra points was funky. Like, Kobe's 81 was legit 81. And it's 81 that there's proof. Yeah. We have no proof of Wilt's 100. Okay. No video footage, the 100 was just actually written on a score. So it was just written that right. he had 100 Who knows, like, the, the some of the scoring plays, the bat, all this other weird yeah. shit that happened like, too, whatever, right? Whoever put that shit together, they just put that shit together and said 100 points. That's what we're believing. But right. actually, what people really know with proof that can undeniably say somebody scored the most points, Kobe, nobody's touching that for a while. We've seen people come close, obviously, fucking uh, Luca's right there. Luca's knocking on that door. But I think fucking 81, I, I just don't think people realize how fucking hard 80. 81 in that era, too. Because that's, that's like, like shooting a 59 and fucking golf. Bro, that, <laughs> it is, it's like, but 81 points when, uh, 18 years ago in that era of offense would be like scoring 90 to 100 in today's era of yeah. offense, right? Like, I look at the, that 81, even going back further, there was no, uh, no 81. No, I think. No, after. There's the 100, the 81. I think there's like some low 70s yeah. and maybe a mid 70 Long there. Mid but 181 stand out because no other dude has that thing. Like, well, 100 is going to be 100 at the end of the day. 81 yeah. is going to be 81. You have a bunch in the 70s. And then you have a shit ton now in the past year with all the 60-point scores too. Donovan Mitchell and, and it's guys who's... You've seen it, all the guys that have hit even the 70-point or the high 60s. They're all mostly three-point like really And Bede's the rare guy who yeah. did it without it, which was He's also impressive guy. in its own He's right. One of the guys, because he goes to the foul line a lot. A like, lot. You can get like 15 points just from fucking... Easy. Three. I would say even 20-plus yeah, in those games, man. But then guys like that are up there, you just said... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Dame's three-point shooting is huge, yeah, man. Uh, Luca, fucking great three-point shooter. We're looking at guys that are just... And all three can get to the free throw line too. So when you combine three point shooting with the ability to get to the rim, and then you got the ability to create free throws on top of that, 
That's like the perfect recipe for these ridiculous scoring games, right? So, I mean, I think it's inevitable. If any guy's going to do it, I think it's Luca's the best bet right now. He's the youngest out of all of them. He's hit 73 at this age. He's probably due for some other 70, 60-point performances coming up because he's, he's now starting to figure out, like, how good he really could be. Even guys like yeah. LeBron, Giannis, Michael Jordan, Steph, Jokic, they all won in like their eighth, ninth, because LeBron, like eighth, ninth, tenth league in their kind of the year, like in their 20, like 27, 28, 29, 30, like that, like, you know, 31 even in some cases, but that stretch, and you're like, no, every guy is going to do when he's young. It's very hard in the NBA to become a championship winner in your like that's why Derrick Rose winning the MVP at the age of 21 is I don't like I under I respect it more after the fact because if you look at the bigger body like sample no guys at that younger winning MVP like that and then their playoff success unfortunately we don't know what would happen with him because he never got the chance to do it right but all these young dudes coming they don't really hit their peak until even guys like Tatum too Right, he took him while he's starting to figure himself out even more, even though he has bad games. Kawhi was probably one of the few guys, but even then he was lucky he came onto a team like San Antonio, right? He was lucky, you know, he didn't have to be obviously he won a, a playoff MVP that year too when they won, but he also had a great support system. Like kind of like Chet this year, right? Like Chet is a great player, but you switch him and Wemby around, and Wemby's numbers are gonna go even higher and he's gonna be more efficient in those kind of things too, right? So I mean, I, I, I like at the end of the day, NBA scoring is ridiculous. These guys are ripping it off. The talent in the NBA is absolutely ridiculous right now. Um, there is those teams that are, you know, kind of losing their talent. We could talk about which Warriors. one? Yeah, we could. Uh, do you want to talk about the Clippers? Do you want to talk about the Clippers or save it for another time? We can hit them after. We can hit them after. Okay. The positive side. We'll go to a little bit of the negative side. Yeah, we we've been pretty positive today. Because there's a lot of trade speculations. There's teams that are on the downfall, teams on the up. Even teams on the up might want players. Teams on the down might mm. not want players. And think about the following year. There's like so much shit. But where the fuck are the Warriors at right now? Like, are they going to end up trading one of their vets? And when that when you say vet, that's other than the I big three. Like a clay or a green. I don't. They did. You, I just. I just read an article a couple days ago. Their only way they would trade those two is if Curry signs off on it. Yeah. That's that's what the artist. He's probably at a point of like he might have to. Go. But at the same time, uh, did uh, as a. I get it. I get you. That could be a problem going forward. Clay Thompson's random technicals on weird shit. So. And then Clay, he's in a slump right now. He's been in a slump for like three years, yeah. man. <laughs> he, he had that stretch when they won the title for like two months. Yeah. Like kind of at the end of the season, but not really. And then he had some great playoff runs, and that was literally it. Ever since then, he's been not he's not worth forty something million dollars what he's getting paid now. But it's hard because you know, when you have legacies, dynasties like this. You're like brothers. You're like brothers, man. The all at the end of the day, you guys have four titles. Yeah. You made it to six finals, right? They're four and two or five and four and two, right? Four. But they, nobody's got five because Kobe's at the five. They're four. LeBron's out. There's a bunch of four. Like it's still so impressive. Yeah. Four titles, six uh, appearances. How many? I think they made a few other. Um, what are semifinal appearances? They have like you know the Splash Brothers, 
They have one of the goats in Curry, right? They have one of the greatest defensive players in uh, Dream. They have, you know, Clay Thompson when he hit Game Six, right? Mister Mister Game Six himself, right? So they've had so many great memories, but their drafts over the last few years has really fucked them. And this is the situation they could have had uh, Wagner over Kaminga. And no offense, Kaminga's ripping it up now, right? Yeah. But Wagner has been the better overall player every single year, and he's still, I think, the better overall player right now too. So they've had some, you know, obviously the Wiseman over Lamelo, Wiseman over Halliburton, Wiseman over any almost any yeah. dude behind him. That was a good deal. Right, that's <laughs> another deal that went sideways too. Maybe they should have traded those guys for veterans too. But I think now it's hard to say because you're basically giving up on Seth. Like Seth Curry is still a really good player, right? Yeah, I think if they're if they make any move to say we're trading a vet, it essentially means, hey, we're not going for the playoffs. And I don't know how that's going to work when you got Seth Curry as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's really hard because I think they do need to make a move. Yeah. But what, what are they, like, Clay Tom? if you want to make a move, Clay Thompson's probably the guy who brings you the least. Yeah. But who wants him if you're another team? Yeah. Right? Like, you do you want Draymond right now? Probably, no. probably not. But if you he, might, if he right, if you don't want Clay. Wiggins isn't living up to his salary. Um, they have Kaminga. You're not going to trade. No. I haven't really heard anything about Moses Moody lately. I have no idea what the guy's been doing. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> they got a couple of the young guys doing well. Chris Paul's been injured. Like he'll right. So if anybody I see moving, it's honestly Chris Paul. Yeah, he's. If he, he doesn't get moved, I think even at the end of the season might be like, might be one of his like last season. Like we keep saying that because he fucking keeps. He doesn't, but he's he's not a starter. I think in the NBA anymore. Starter, but he is. He should be a bench like a sixth. He's already like 38, 39, right? Dude, right now, like <laughs> see, it's impacting him a lot. He's he hasn't been the same. He gets injured before the first is like he gets injured in the playoffs. Now he gets injured well before that yeah. point. He can't really. He's not a huge three point shooter. He does. He still does. He's a good pick and roll guy. He's a good veteran. His defense is good. We're more of a help style, but he's not quick anymore either. He doesn't speed up the pace of the game, which is something that a lot of teams are doing now. So if there's a vet that I think is going to be moved, I think it's going to be Chris Paul because a he's a free agent after this year. So if you're an NBA team, you're better off trying to trade him for something valuable even if it's like a second round pick yeah. or maybe some guy at a lower salary for next year, right? You don't know. And if you're a team out there, like I was personally saying, it's going to be hard to even do it, but the Knicks have needed a backup point guard since, uh, what do you call it? Um, quickly got traded to the rap. The, you know, Deuce McBride, McBride guy hasn't been doing that well. So if you're a veteran team, you're looking for a backup point guard. I think that's very, like maybe all the 76ers as a off the bench type of guy. I don't. I don't see anyone else honestly getting moved at this point of the year, and really, they don't. It's either young guys, the big three, yeah, and Wiggins, and Chris Paul. But I think Wiggins, you'd have to kind of. I mean, I think they would trade Wiggins, but you'd have to give him a good offer too, right? But he's got a lot more salary. He hasn't played really well. If you're looking at it from a team on the other side, you're betting on the upside that this guy's gonna do something, but. You haven't quite seen it. He's owed a lot of salary over the next two years, I think, two or three years still. So I think it's Chris Paul, right? So that's my guess. Um, well, you could. do you have anything else you want to add about the Warriors? 
Uh, let's talk about the Lakers, another meaty subject here. So you want to lead this one? Yeah. Uh, this one's going to be just like, We've seen now the, what the Lakers look like with AD, LeBron on the floor. Yeah. They're, they could be a really good team, just the way LeBron said it. One day they could beat the best team in the league. The next day they can get their ass whooped by the <laughs> first team in the league. That's just kind of where their season's been, and I think that has a lot to do with, I think, the rotation. The rotation is from the start to the season to now. It's been shifted so much. I honestly think if they want to, like, obviously, you know, they're going to have to make a push now for a player. Yep. But... After this offseason, they're going to have to rethink their coaching candidacy because Ham is not the guy that knows how to keep a consistent like lineup out there. And it's fucked up. He panics a lot. He, it's fucked up because he, they made it to the... I mean, they didn't win a game in the Western Conference Finals, but they still made it. And all four games they lost were closed games, but they just couldn't you know, get that little extra... There was something like <laughs> rotationally. They just kept missing. Like A guy would come out, they'd score like 10 points the other team. And then he'd be like, he'd panic. He'd be like, wait, put that same guy back on. Now they get it close to like five, but it's like because you're losing points from the a couple of the lineup changes that you're doing that you can never catch up now. So the one thing I'm going to put in defense of Ham, and I know he's, you know, he's had some bad, I get it, but he also did help lead the team to Western Conference Finals next year. So like you can't totally shit on the guy, yeah. right? But one thing that I think that the Lakers need more of and they don't have enough of is they don't have enough two-way players. They have AD. He's a two-way player, but he can't shoot threes. He's not going to spread the court out for you. LeBron, his defense, he's more of a help defender than a one-on-one -on -one guy now, but you also can't expect a 39-year-old guy to be playing top-level defense and carry your offense, right? Obviously, if he's going to do so much on offense, he's going to have to – somewhere you're going to lose the energy, and it's going to be on defense. That's just the way it is. But if you put better defenders in front of him, his defense, when it counts, he can yeah. he still play good defense, yeah. right? And super smart guy, so he can think the game is good. He was like Peyton Manning at the end, man. Yeah. And he's got more juice than Peyton Manning at this point anyways, right? He's still got his mind. He's cerebral as fuck. Yeah. But going down the list, Austin Reeves is more offense than defense. Yeah, is one or is defense Dilo is all offense. Yeah. He's got a D and an O in his name, but he's only the O is the only thing he actually contributes. Usually he'll play one or the other. Yeah, so recently he's been offensive, but the days that he's like sucks in offense, he almost goes fully defensive. But he gives, <laughs> but he sucks so bad in offense that like, and his defense, what is his defense of good defense is still not like good defense, yeah, right? It's not great. So that's a, like that's kind of a big issue when it comes down to those kind of things. Mc, McDaniel, he phenomenal defender. Can't shoot to save his life. Then, and the biggest issue the Lakers have had all fucking season, they're bottom five in three-point attempts. They're bottom five in three-point makes. LeBron, when he's won the title, they've had defense around him, and they have three-point shooting. And a one-point guard, or somebody who can help initiate the offense when he's, you know, he had the Irving, you got your Wade in there, even the year when they won... Rondo, right? Like, right? They even had, I think, Caruso, Caruso helped in that year, right? But they had guys who could carry the offense as a point guard-ish wing role, three-point shooters, give them a big man that played defense. The playbook works, right? They're pretty successful LeBron's career, right? I mean, you could, you know, right? So, but where the Lakers are constructed, they don't have two-way guys, man. They got one-way guys, one or the other, right? Prince's defense is not as good as people think it is, man. No, it's not. 
He's a lengthy wing guy, but he like his defense is he's not that great. Of a guy, but it's like defensively, he's always out of place, so you don't see him doing many like blocks, steals aren't that. He doesn't well. contribute anything. Like he's no. not a stopper, but he's not a like a stealer. He's not a right. Like who are you gonna use? Like Christian Wood. He's like a whatever kind of yeah, give you, but he's so inconsistent. Like he'll give you great effort and offense, but his defense is never where he wanted to be. Right, Jackson uh, Hayes, who's like another center kind of guy. That's like they're not there yet. They're not there. He's guy that you're gonna be like, hey, you know what? I want you to play big minutes and especially when the playoffs come. That's right. Like your center is for a fucking big part of right, and you need especially you know and the. And the backdrop of all of this is LeBron and AD have been healthy all year. They've done this with AD and LeBron both killing it. Yeah. So what would happen if the Lakers lost one of those two guys for an extended period of time? Yeah. I don't think they can, you know, Not recover, right? They, right? And they traded all those assets last year to get to the, yeah. the spot. Obviously, it worked out last year. But now you're kind of in that mode for the Lakers where... You know, LeBron's going to be a free agent this year. Your team's getting older. And we've seen it in the past with LeBron. This might be an exception because, you know, it's the Lakers. He's later in his career. His son's in Cali, right? There's a lot more variables at play. But historically, he's a guy who's going to an organization since he's left Cleveland. X amount of years. You trade a bunch of guys. You get multiple trips to the finals. You get at least one title. Go on to the next team. Same thing. Now, the Lakers is the longest team he's stayed with since he was in Miami, right? So that counts for something. But the Lakers also have to kind of decide, like, are we good enough to make a trade to make a difference? Yeah. Right? Can't, like, are we – What I don't know what guys are out there right now they can realistically acquire without giving up. Like, if you're – you know, we're, we had this out as a conversation. Dante Murray, be a good fit. Yeah. But the thing is, the defense has fallen off since he went to Atlanta. His three-point shooting is not that much better than Delos, right? So maybe you're, you know, he plays on a better team like Elias Lindholm we're talking about, yeah. gets the juices flowing, right? LeBron sets him up a little more. He doesn't have to play with Trey fucking Young, yeah. right? So maybe he does step it up. Yeah. But what are you going to give up? You, you know, you have first-round picks. That's great. But you're probably not going to give up Reeves because his contract's too good. Do the Lakers want D'Lo? I mean, uh, uh, is it Hawks want D'Lo? Eh, like for salary purposes, that's why they gave him the contract that they gave him, right? Do you want Rui? Maybe they want Rui. Like maybe that might, but then you're losing another wing guy, which is one of the fucking issues in the first place. And this goes back to the whole defensive rotation. Rui needs to play more. He's a wing guy who who can shoot some threes. Right? Like a lineup with Rui in there, LeBron. The problem gets iffy because AD's three-point shooting is non-existent, bro. He doesn't space the floor, but he's phenomenal at what he does, right? So, his true, his he's not going to become a better shooter. So they said every year that he's practicing his three point, and this year they were pumping it. They were showing him practicing, and it they're like, and Ham said it too that we want him shooting like you know five, like five threes a game, bro. The guy takes two to three attempts, like, and even then it hits like one. One. He's shooting like somewhere in the twenties, I think, for yeah. three point shooting. So. And come playoff time, like, yeah, you can do all this. But if you can pack the paint against AD, yeah. LeBron, you're asking LeBron, a lot of LeBron right now in the playoffs. And 
you know, if you're on a minutes restriction, like how many games of 40 minute games can you get out of LeBron in a row too, right? These are high level him playing in Denver in that, in that altitude, 48 minutes. You think he's going to have gas two days later at this age, right? It's hard, man. It's hard to play in the, it's hard to play a lot of games and go deep. So Lakers, I think really are kind of in a, in a tough spot. The biggest thing you have, honestly, if the, and this is the biggest issue is if AD could shoot threes, it'd solve a lot of their issues. But he hasn't shown it other than the bubble year when they won the title yeah. that he's going to be a three-point shooter. And he hasn't otherwise, so I don't see any reason that he's going to become one. So where you get three-point shooter, but you need a three-point shooter. You need it like an Anobi is what you really needed. Yeah. But there's no Anobi out there. You don't really have a lot of young guys you can give up unless you give up Reeves. D'Lo is your other trade asset. You got Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, like Prince, like right another favorite of Hams because of their time with Atlanta, just like Tory and Prince. So, like I could only see them getting rid of Reeves if they got like some crazy player. But the issue is there's not any. Who's the crazy player out there, right? Like Deontay Murray, is he a game changer like that? Right? Like is. Who else? I don't really see anybody else that they could really say, hey, we're going to give up draft picks and be like, we're going to be better, right? And even if they do get better, are they better than, you know, what is it, Nikolai Jokic? They were better than them last year. I don't see how they're better than them this year. You know, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't trust them just yet. And the next team that's up there, Oklahoma City Thunder, have the ability to do whatever the fuck they want right now. They could give up all 15 of their potential first-round picks if they wanted. I don't even know if that's legally allowed. I, th- I don't think it is with the rule, but they have the ability to overpay for anyone they want to get. So that's a team that I'm really interested to see what they do with the trade deadline, man. Like, real damage in the league because they have picks to give away. They have lots of picks, man. They're not going to be able to use all of them. Fucking OKC members for a while. Right? So they have the ability they can go after a rental. They can go after, like, I mean, the one trade asset that I was reading today was Mikhail Bridges, if the Nets would be willing to give him up. But I, I, his contract, he's making, like, $21 million a year, yeah. which is really low in NBA standards for a player like him. Who there's Maybe a big man is something that they need because, no offense to Chet, they're probably going to at some point need some dude with size at one point because they get killed on the boards, yeah. right? Not saying that you want to completely... You know, Chet at the five is really dangerous, but you're going to need somebody that can come in and play as a five, as a big man, who can give you rebounds. Like, you know, the Marcus All type, something like that. Because then maybe you move Chet to power forward. You can do other things with it. They have so many picks, man. I have no idea what they're going to do. Maybe they just make a small move for a guy like, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith. Playoff veteran. He can shoot, but gives you some defense, right? Like, those are the guys. Whatever OKC does, I think they just need one more guy with playoff experience on the team. If it's a big guy, backup point guard, a wing guy, they just need somebody in that rotation to be like, we got some experience because they have no experience at all. And I know you have to give them like, you know, some experience you got to learn along the way, but it would be very beneficial for them to have one guy in there who can, who's been in the playoffs, who's done it before, who's got some experience in there too, man. So, Finney Smith, great. Like, Finney Smith's going to be a really good guy. Who knows what shakes loose. You're going to have some buyout options that come in there, too. Orlando, I don't know what direction they're going to go in. The fucked up thing is the East right now. So, I was looking at the standings. 
Top six in the east and west, pretty even. Yeah. Once you get to the seventh spot, eight, nine, ten, the east just drops. Yeah. Like even down to number eight, you could be like, it's okay. Once you get to ninth, tenth, I think is the really bad <laughs> Hawks and the Bulls, I think, are ninth and tenth right now. And the and the sliding magic are like eighth or something like that. Or they're all like in that rotation. Then in the West, at least you've got like the Rockets, you've got the Kind of like the Pelicans in there. There are a few games above 500, right? Golden State. Golden State's are like kind of at 500 too. But I mean, there would be, I think they'd be like eighth or ninth in the East if they were playing, right? So that kind of fucks up things because if you're a team like the Bulls and the Hawks who are should be looking to trade dudes, but you have a potential chance, like everyone's going to go like Miami last year. Yo, we made the playoffs as the ninth seed. Or eight seed, they were gonna lose to the fucking Bulls. Remember, they were down like that graphic, like five minutes left in the game. They're down to beat the Bulls. Then from there, they ended up going all the way to the finals. Jimmy Butler is a. I don't know what the Heat are gonna do. I don't think they would trade Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler would be another. You know who I would really like to see Jimmy Butler traded to? The Sacramento Kings. They need like Jimmy Hur. Uh, not Jimmy Hur. I combine the names together. I was going to say Jimmy Butler would probably need to include a guy like Kevin Herter in the trade for salary and some other things. You would probably even have to give up Harrison Barnes potentially, or you have to give a Harrison Barnes some draft picks and another whatever kind of player. But Jimmy Butler, because Heat are old getting older. He's kind of in this last run. Like, do the Heat even, they've lost like, they were up, they beat Sacramento the other day. But they lost like seven in a row up at that point. And you can't count or discount the heat because they always do it. But other than like, you know, a 34, 35 year old Butler, older Chris Paul, Chris Mikhail Bridges on a call. There's not really a lot of guys that you can really are game changer. Dorian Finney Smith, again, he's still a role player at the end of the day. Would you, I mean, he'd fit there well. He's done it before. Yeah, they they need him. The Grant Williams hasn't played as well lately, too. So, you know, he started, he had a bad stretch. Maybe he's starting to come around. We'll see what happens with him, too. But, yeah, man, there's not, like, the bunch of big moves have already been made. We'll see what shakes out with some of the draft. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be bench and role players right now unless you give us some guy with terms. So, and we'll know more on this, too, like, at the deadline. I think the deadline is the 9th of February. Yeah. So... I mean, that's a ways away, bro. But it's also, it's also like eight days away. But who can knows? Let's like four or five games in between. It could decide which way one team goes or not. Like, it, it's going to be like, you know what? There's a week left. The rumors are starting. And then, bam, it's going to be like the ninth or the eighth. And all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. Who are you going to trade? Because that's a lot. Like, four or five games can make a big difference between now and then, too, man. If some guys could shine or some guys' stock could just fall. Imagine if you go on a losing streak in that time. You lost like, you know, you lose like four or five games in a row. Um, let's see. Knicks. We could talk about the Knicks. I was going to give a shout out to the Knicks. Nine wins in a row. They're, I think, like third in the East right now. They're, yeah, dude, they're half a game behind the Bucks. Standings right now, Celtics. Yeah, they're half a game behind the Bucks, and they're half a game ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that difference between third and fourth means that you could end up playing the Bucks in the second round, potentially, right? Of course, shit could happen. Or playing the Celtics in the second round. I'd rather play. And then you'd have to play the other team in the end anyways. But 
if you beat the Celtics, you should be able to theoretically beat any team at that point anyways, right? You want to play a team like the Celtics just because we've seen them, their downfall, whereas a team like Bucks, we've seen them fucking go to the championship, but the, and they got like some crazy scoring. The thing with the Bucks though is in their scoring, they've lost two in a row, but their defense is going to be defense is their defense is a re- like look every team except for the Knicks and the Cavaliers, everyone else is on a losing streak right now. So, I mean, Cleveland's another interesting team as well. What they can do, they need, you know, would they have two big men who can't shoot? So they're going to probably have to go with one big man. But now you're. You probably need to find another wing guy who can shoot kind of thing too. You know, Knicks made their move for Anobi, but like I was saying earlier, they haven't their backup point guard minutes aren't that good right now. You know, the DiVincenzo's a wing guy, Josh Hart's a wing guy. You know, and then now they got Randall who's got some injuries. He's gonna be out. They already lost Robinson uh, for the season, even though they were doing okay without him. But their depth took a hit, right? And now you've got some guys dealing with injuries. Anobi's missed the last two games of the injury himself, yeah. right? So, well, I mean, and, you know, Pacers have had their injury issues. We know about Embiid. Miami here, again, they've lost all the games. Orlando finally stopped. Their, their Orlando's still 25 and 23. Yeah. It's weird. But they're still in. They're still going to most likely make the playoffs. And then Brooklyn Nets. Toronto's still got a shot. Toronto's just shit in the bed this year. But, yeah, I think we've kind of covered everything we want to chat about unless there's something else that we missed. What the clips one next week too? See uh, yeah. the next couple of games. Yeah, they go through. I mean, they've been phenomenal. So they're another team will be scary come playoff time as well. So yeah, that's it for the Sunny and G podcast. We'll be back next week with the newest edition. Peace, peace.